pilgrims. It's time for your favorite world-traveling, Bible-toting, soul-winning, Satan-hating, tried, tested, and triumphant host, Pastor A.J. Harold. Just a quick reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for as peculiar pilgrims, we're just watching, waiting, and working. Buckle up, and let's ride. One of the main reasons I began doing these podcasts was for my grandchildren. Now, if you don't know me, you may think that I already have grandchildren, but I don't. My adult children aren't even in a relationship right now. As of today, the recording of this podcast, I have a 22-year-old daughter, a 20-year-old daughter, and an 18-year-old son with nine more children following them with ages that range from four years old all the way up to 17 years old. I fully believe the word of God, which says in James chapter 4, verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I've been blessed with over 40 years of life. It's truly been a blast serving Almighty God as a child, then as a teenager, as a young adult, into my marriage, and now with my children and my church family. Yet, I know and believe that my life has an expiration date. Psalm 39 gives us great insight to the heart of a man who understands that his life is a vapor. Psalm 39 verse 1 says, I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. This individual made a covenant with his tongue. He knew that keeping his mouth shut in the presence of the wicked is better than flying off the handle and running, uh, ruining his reputation. He continues in Psalm 39 verse 2 and he says, I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good and my sorrow was stirred. What a struggle this life is at times, isn't it? He says that his sorrow was stirred. He continues, My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity, Selah. I believe this man understood that only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. He knew that there were only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God, or pleasing self. He says in verses 6 and 7, Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Pilgrims, 
That's where I want to live. August was a very difficult month for me and my family in a few different areas of life. And yet May, June, July, and August were absolutely amazing months. My hope cannot be on the times or the changing tides, but as the psalmist says in verse 7, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Since I understand and believe that life is a vapor and my hope is in the Lord, I think about my grandchildren, my unborn grandchildren a lot. How can I impact them for eternity even after my departure? I want to be like Abel. I want to have his testimony where Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 describes Abel this way. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. After my vapor is evaporated and I'm dead and gone, I want my testimony for the Lord to continue to speak into the hearts of my son's sons, my grandchildren. As I travel and as I preach from sea to shining sea, I often encourage grandmas and grandpas with these verses found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through 9. I'm not going to offer a lot of commentary here, but I want to read to you again Deuteronomy 6 verses 1 through 9. The Word of God says, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that thou or that, that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates." Grandma and Grandpa, you still have a job to do. I'll be giving away four copies of the book entitled Fourth Quarter, How to Finish Your Course with Joy to four Peculiar Pilgrim Podcast listeners. Again, I'll be giving away four copies of the book entitled Fourth Quarter, How to Finish Your Course with Joy. Four of you listeners you Peculiar Pilgrim Podcast listeners. Four of you have an opportunity to win one of the copies. Here's how you enter. 
what I want you to do is simply email me at peculiarpilgrimspodcast at gmail.com and place fourth quarter in the subject line. And then you can leave any note in the uh, body of the email that you'd like. But I need you to do this between today, September 15th, and then it'll end midnight of next episode, September 22nd. I'll announce the winners on September 29th episode, and I will get your shipping information. That way I can ship you a copy of fourth quarter, how to finish your course with joy. This is my first time doing a giveaway, but I think this will be fun and a blessing to you. I don't have a large group of listeners right now, so your chances of winning are very high. Okay, commercial's over, all right? Grandma and Grandpa, you have a job to do. I no longer have a living grandparent, yet the truths that they taught me still are impacting me today. Just go back and listen to episode 12 entitled Gift or Investment. That was all about my granddaddy and about an incident that happened to me about 30 years ago. Even in the fourth quarter of life, Grandma and Grandpa, you can and should have a godly impact on your children and your grandchildren. About five years ago, my Nana passed away and graduated to heaven. I love how 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I'm looking forward to that grand reunion day. After she passed and on my way home from the funeral, I wrote down five things that I learned from my Nana's funeral, and I'd like to share them with you. I wrote these five things. Now, I did beef them up a little bit for the podcast, but I wrote these five things on September 10th, 2018. And today, at the time of my writing of this podcast, is September 11th, 2023. So it's been right at five years already. So here we go. Five things that I learned from my Nana's funeral. Number one, financial planning. My Nana had been slowly declining in health for a few years before she passed. Her passing was both a surprise and a fulfillment of an expectation. It was a surprise since we just enjoyed her 88th birthday two days before she passed and really was doing quite well that day. But we all knew that she was ill. She lived in Tennessee with my parents, and I live in California with my wife and 11 children at the time. Now, I have 12 children. One thing I learned as a result of my Nana's passing is how important it is to prepare financially for the reality of the inevitable. I was able to attend the funeral, and I'm very thankful for that, but I went alone. My wife and children were left behind mainly because of finances. I mean, we also didn't have time to drive the nearly 5,000 mile round trip to attend the service together. My Nana's, uh, Nana's funeral has several impacts on my life and it served as a lesson on how valuable financial planning is in our lives today. Why do we live as though these things are not going to come to pass? 
May we all better prepare ourselves for these events to ensure full participation when at all possible. Right now, my family is in a season of crazy financial incidents, one right after another. For example, we've got some taxes due, vehicle issues. Lord willing, we're done with that, but we still have a a few things, minor things left. Utilities are very high right now, and they're due. The purchasing of school supplies as we homeschool nine of our children, that's going on. Gas prices are through the roof right now in Los Angeles again. I mean, I just filled up our family van with 28 gallons of gas costing $146.21, which should get us through half the week of ministry. I want to encourage you to take a hard look at your finances and budget accordingly. It's September. What expenses are normal to your way of life in September? What about October, November, December? Budget. I'm having to reevaluate some things as a result of what we've been through in the month of August. And by the way, August is still hanging around today on September 11th. (laughs) When my Nana passed, it shook me in the area of finances. I should have had my entire family there to honor her life and to be with our family as well, but I didn't prepare financially. Lesson two, grieve and let grieve. As a result of my Nana's passing, I learned that there is no real etiquette to the grieving process. There's no three-step plan to mourning until the morning. That works for no one, absolutely no one. Um, I want to encourage you, go ahead and hurt. I hurt. I grieve. I sorrow, but it doesn't look like anyone else who also hurts, grieves, and sorrows. I must say, as a caveat to this, if I may suggest just one thing, although there is no real cookie-cutter process to grieving, I would like to encourage you to let it happen. Grieve. Grieve and don't be concerned at what it looks like or how it sounds. Preventing it, preventing the grieving process may do more long-term damage than it is very difficult. Very difficult. It is very difficult to reverse. So, preventing grieving may do more long-term damage that is very, very difficult to reverse. So let it happen. Just let it happen. Hurt. Sorrow. And by the way, when others attempt to prevent you from expressing your grief in your own way, they may mean well, but are truly preventing you from progressing through the grieving process. That's why I say grieve and let grieve. I heard a few times from one family member to another family member at my Nana's funeral, uh, don't cry or be strong and other things like this. Although they mean well, no doubt, I believe the best thing to say is found in our earlier text from Psalm 39. Verse 2 specifically says, I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. 
although your loved one, they're grieving, allow them, allow your loved one to grieve. Just be there for them. Share a high five, a hug, or a handshake, whatever's appropriate, and let them grieve. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace, even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. I know you hurt for them. As you watch them grieve, I know your sorrow is stirring, but this too shall pass. Hold your tongue. Let them grieve. Hold your tongue, even from good, for this grieving season. Now, lesson three. Life is truly a vapor. Although I was privileged to have my Nana for about 40 years of my life, I was reminded that life is truly a vapor. My very first memory with my Nana was when I was in kindergarten. My mom, who usually picked me up, did not come at her usual time to pick me up from school that day. She was so late that I was taken inside one of the rooms with the after-school staff. There were no other children left. I was so scared. I mean, remember, I was only five. Or was I 15? Uh, whatever. Anyway, I was only five. I was in kindergarten and I was scared. And my Nana came after a while. And I cried tears of joy because she came to my rescue. That was my first memory of my Nana. My last memory with her was on FaceTime as she sang some old hymns and my dad said this at her funeral, she sang her way to heaven. The time between my first memory with my Nana picking me up and her singing on FaceTime was 34 years, but honestly, it was just a vapor. We must cherish the moments while the moments are happening. Moms. The house is dirty and will get dirty again and again and again. But you'll never be able to hold that three-year-old again because they don't always stay three years old. We just celebrated our youngest daughter's uh, birthday. She was turning six years old. Where did the time go? Parents cherish the moment. It won't be long. Life is a vapor. Dad, go buy a football and go to the park today. Throw that ball with those children. Cherish the moment. Grandma and grandpa, call your grandchildren. FaceTime them. Send them a letter in the mail. Cherish the moment. Life is a vapor. Lesson four. Lesson four I call the Nana effect. While at the funeral service, several of Nana's children, grandchildren, nephews, and friends spoke and testified for a bit. The entire service was one hour and 45 minutes long. After the service, we went to the graveside. It was really a perfect day inside and outside. As everyone walked away after the graveside service, I took one last look at the casket that was already gently being placed into the ground. I cried. All by myself, I cried. I love my Nana. I began to walk away and I caught the funeral home director patiently waiting for me to pay my last respects. I thought I was alone and I apologized for taking so long. He then told me that he had never cried at a funeral 
while being the director of the funeral home for almost 40 years. He said he never met a family like ours and he didn't even know my Nana, but he wept during the funeral. He said with all the testimonies and love he saw in our family toward her, he couldn't help it. Again, 40 years of being a director and he has never cried at a funeral before my Nana's. Again, he said he couldn't help it. He said that his Sunday school class that he was gonna teach the very next day would be different as a result of directing my Nana's funeral. I call this the Nana effect. She really did impact many, many lives, even in her death. I learned that I must be that kind of influence on the lives of others while God gives me breath. I must have the Nana effect on folks too. And I'm doing these podcasts to speak to my son's sons after my death as well. Lastly, lesson five. This may be the most important one. Lesson five, know him. That's know Jesus. You can't make it through this life without him. This event, you know, my Nana's passing. This event in my life was a valley. One final lesson I learned as a result of my Nana's funeral was how important it is to personally know the Lord. Almighty God is a personal savior. Years ago, my dad taught me in the deepest, darkest valley is where God gives you the sweetest, greenest grass. Although there was a, that day, that, that moment, that event, her passing was a valley for me, God was a very present help for me. I want my life to count for the Lord. One big way that I can do this is to make sure I make him known and available to folks all around me. When they go through the valley, they won't have anything real to hold on to unless I make God known to them. God has been a tremendous source of help for me, an unlimited resource who never sleeps and never slumbers. He's just available. And that truth has been a comfort to me. Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Where did I learn that from? My Nana. That's the Nana effect. Pilgrims, please remember this and never let up. Thank you for listening, and I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would not exist if it were not for pilgrims just like you. If you'd like to donate to help us with the cost of these productions, use Cash App at Peculiar Pilgrims, and you won't regret it. Also, you can email us anytime with your compliments, complaints, critiques, and even criticism at peculiarpilgrimspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, fellow pilgrims, never let up.